Hey everyone. So before the episode gets started, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who listens. I truly appreciate the support. Um, Like according to the analytics, there's literally 12 different countries who tune in on Mondays like clockwork. And the analytics also show that almost half of you tune in before 8am, which I think is crazy cool that you all like hearing these random stories and thoughts first thing in the morning to basically start your week. Um, You also may have noticed some new cover art that features only me. Tiana's departure from the podcast is explained in the beginning of the episode, which you'll hear shortly. But as far as what the future holds for the Good Milf podcast, who knows, but the podcast is evolving and I figured out a focus and direction I wanted to take it. Essentially, I'm still going to talk shit, give free advice based on firsthand experiences, but I thought it'd be really cool if the need arises, I'm going to start including scientific research to support any statements that I make or any of the guests make, because I mean, that's my type of shit anyway. Um, I love learning and teaching. So essentially, I guess you could think of the Good Milk podcast. Uh, a way to describe it will be kind of like Sex in the City meets Bill Nye the Science Guy. Also, if you have any questions, want to be featured on the show or have a guest spot or even just want to share a story anonymously, please reach out. There's a website coming soon and we'll be selling some merch. Um, I hope the new podcast format brings some excitement uh, for new beginnings and everyone still tunes in every Monday. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, rate and review the show. Enjoy. Testing, testing. Testicles. (laughs) Welcome to the Good Milf. This is Krista. This is Shane. (laughs) And I'm not Tiana. Where is she at? (laughs) Uh, So Tiana is not going to be on the episode. I honestly feel her true passion is in the fitness world. Um, I mean, look at her. She's got a banging bod. She's a beast. (laughs) But she's about to have her certification and she'll be taking clients and she'll also be traveling for work like along the East Coast for her, you know, regular nine to five. So I definitely feel like her passion is more in that training fitness. I mean, she wakes up at 4 a.m. to go work out sometimes. I go to sleep at 4 (laughs) a.m. So I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So I do feel like that's more of her true passion. But if you want to follow her journey, you you can find her on Instagram at Fit Savage Mom. Um, I'll be cheering her on, and I hope you do too. All right, back to today's guest, Shaney. I've known Shane since he was a zygote in his mom's uterus. Um, he is an <laughs> Edward Scissorhands when it comes to hair. He is also a third culture kid, like myself. We both grew up in Japan. He is also a chef, animal hoarder, plant daddy, self-proclaimed, fully retired from the beach scene out here in Virginia. Also, he is my cousin. And he's also full-time, well, wait, confession, not my real cousin, but we're Filipino. So that's how that goes. We're all related. We're <laughs> I feel like your mom watched me when she was pregnant. Back in um, Washington or Japan? But I really both. Probably, because your mom and my mom go way back, like, 80s. And he's also a full-time house husband for the time being. Actually, where are you going to be at now for Edward Scissorhands? Yes. I am returning to the stylist scene. I shouldn't call it a scene. I should just call it, um, I'm returning to the stylist position. (laughs) I'll be at this place called Xanadu Salon and Spa out in Great Bridge, Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm starting this week, but I will 
probably be behind the chair for a few days once this is out. So um, call them up. What's the number? Meet and greet. I don't know the number on the top of my head, but... <laughs> like, we'll put it in the... It's Google. You could Google it, like, you know. Do you know the address? It is 500 South Battlefield Boulevard. I hope Go I didn't see Shane. Up. I'm going to be making an appointment. Well, actually, I make house appointments. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he'll be a working house husband uh, to his betrothed, Mr. Big. That's what we're going to call him, Mr. Big. Mr. Big, yes, yes. please. So tell us about Mr. Big. How long have you been together? You know, where did we meet? Did we where? <laughs> Okay, so we get these questions quite often because our um, relationship dynamic is not technically the norm. But What um, do you mean by that? He is 22 years my senior. So, yeah, well, there's a generation gap oh, there. So he's a silver fox. I made him a silver fox Ooh. the other week when we came back from Mexico. Yeah. Actually, like, slapped on some bleach on his head and toned it. I love it. My sister straight up said, you went to Mexico and came back younger. And I'm like, I... <laughs> You make him look older? No, because no, she was talking. No, she was talking about Mr. Biggs. And I was oh, like, I was oh, like, like, you oh, know, oh. I was like, I know how to, you know, make them look good, especially if I have to see them every day. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about uh, Mr. Big because I love Mr. Big. Okay, so like, um, BTW, they just came back from Mexico, so that also probably incorporates a dynamic of like taking care of each other and going on these like self-care vacations. Oh yes. I feel the vibes you guys are like the vibes. I like the way the universe is writing our storyline this oh, far. You know what I mean? Like I love that. Compared to like a toxic relationship which I was in right before. Well not right before. I took like a 2 year break almost from like really getting emotionally involved with people. But um, returning with a new outlook on life, you really know your self-worth. You know when to dictate boundaries and you know to be upfront about those boundaries and not be passive aggressive because that's a toxic trait too, ladies. What? Uh, being passive aggressive oh. and not just being straightforward. That's why I date men. No, I'm just kidding. That was, <laughs> that was super sexist. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean that at all. I could take that out <laughs> or we could leave it. I mean, it's whatever. Um, no, that, what you said about like the toxic relationships, do you want to go in detail about a previous toxic relationship you went or not in detail, but give us a synopsis of how that growth from when you were in that relationship with that other person to now where you're like, no, this is a real relationship. Okay. So, um, um, I, well, here, here's a good one. Let's start here between the past toxic relationship and your relationship. Now, were there any red flags on the first date that you were like, didn't really think it was a red flag, but then now like reflecting back, you're like, Oh shit, I should have oh, seen this coming. Oh my God. Okay. So on a first date, there are red flags, but if you, you know, for myself, I wasn't really dating through my 20s. I was just drinking and partying with my friends and whatnot. And how old are you now? I don't want to talk about it. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. I'll, leave, I'll leave 35, I think. Yeah, I'll be 35 in February. Okay, yeah, because I turned. Th I just turned 36. So in your two years, you were two years below me, weren't you? 86. Yeah, 84. Okay, okay. so you are two years, yeah. See, we can math. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, so. The red flags. The red flags. I think when you're not... When you haven't had the experience of it, the red flags uh, just kind of go into the big picture. Like you, they, it, it's you, just like, it's, you, it's, you see them, 
But they're blended in. Yeah, you see the color, you see the, but they're blended in. Like, they're just waving in the air, and you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Because, you know, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you when you haven't had that experience, like, with red flags, you don't even know what you're looking for unless it's, like, a blatant one. Like, right. You know what I mean? But once you've had those experiences, those run-ins, those emotional days that you've felt defeated or you felt like you weren't good enough Mm -hmm. because that's what it starts to do over time when you're in a toxic relationship you start questioning your own self-worth but you need to remember who you were before you got into that relationship Mm -hmm. because who you were exactly because who you who you were was really good that's why this particular toxic person got to you he latched they they latched was that good so far yeah but yeah no that was actually good but the the red flag on the first date. The red flag. Oh, okay. Well, the red flags. There was two main ones that I remember. In your past toxic relationship. This is the very first date. We had met online on one of those apps. And we happened to have, like, mutual friends. Our families were friends somehow. Or, oh, the person who was dating before me was friends with my family. But gotcha. I wasn't really close to... I wasn't really close to them because they were, like, work friends. They weren't my friends. Yeah, they are your uh, family's work friends. Yeah. Relative like, work friends. Right. Okay, gotcha. But um, went and shared, like, nachos or some shit and had two a couple beers. And during our conversation... He kept on saying how crazy all of his exes were. He was, well, he wasn't trying. He was saying, like, how crazy his exes were. Mm-hmm. Like, he was giving energy to that on the first date. Wow. And um, the question was, like, oh, have you didn't even Google me before we met up? And I was like, what? Wait, so he asked you to, if you Googled him, why would he think that you needed to Google him? I know the reason now because, you know, like, I, like, read into um, sociology a lot. Because of the things that happened to me during this relationship. But he put himself on a pedestal. Oh, like narcissistic almost? Or just like kind of like this? Exactly. Like, oh. exactly. He wanted to show that he was a bigger person than he than he really was. Gotcha. Which so is, it's like, what's that? Like little man syndrome? Napoleon syndrome? Or Napoleon <laughs> or something. Like, I don't know. The, that's like that American saying. I, I don't remember what it is. Like I grew up in Japan. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those are definitely weird. The X is one for sure I would catch. Mm-hmm. The Googling, I don't know if I would take it as a joke, like a type of thing, because you don't know why he people... He might be um, well-known in the area. You don't know why. Mm-hmm. So that could go, if you looked it up and it was like some like weird, crazy shit. You don't know if he's well-known because of good, good things, things. or bad things. Or bad things. So, well, it depends who you talk to. But that's the case with everybody, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. So, okay. So, so that's one, one something that I wouldn't have caught. I would have thought it was like a joke. Like, oh, you didn't Google me? Or maybe he's not even well-known. And then he was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know, the thing is, like, I realize now that we're th- talking about this, like, I didn't catch it during the date. It was when I was, like, telling someone about the date. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, then he asked me if, like, he Googled me. And then she was like, what the fuck? Like, who does he think he is? I'm like, well, you know who he is. Yeah. Everybody in this area knows who he is. Yeah. Now they know who he is through the, but two years ago was, like, the news. Like, yeah. when it broke. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which is another story for another time. Okay. So tell me how your first date went with your, with Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Don't remember anything we talked about during our first date, but I will tell you this. Our first date was like five hours. We (gasps) sat at a booth for five hours just talking, fucking with our server and shit, like 
Mm-hmm. Doing funny things. I, I love that you mentioned that your date was so long, but you had a great time, but you don't even remember what you talked about. No. I remember, like, I took what I took away from that first date when I'm thinking about it now. He doesn't eat pork. It's not a religious thing. He's just, he thinks pigs are not to be eaten. And he likes carrot cake because we shared one piece of carrot cake at the end of the meal. I love it. I love that. Super cute. Um, it's all about food with me, isn't it? I know. Me too. <laughs> Literally, I think in every episode where we talk to somebody or we're talking about something, I talk, I there is food referenced and it's me initiating it so yeah well challenge accepted <laughs> i'm gonna start initiating it so much more even in the nine uh, percent episode where we talk about sex parties i asked uh my friend who catered it no no, no no i asked my friend <laughs> if she's a regular attendee of sex parties and i legit asked her if they serve food <laughs> like she's like because she was talking about how their drinks there was like all types of drinks and what and whatnot and mm. i'm just like oh so, you know, is there food there? Right. And, like, and literally every episode there's food. Uh, food talk. I okay. want a cucumber sandwich while I watch people ram each other. It's the perfect life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the red flags I've noticed um, dating guys is, well, okay, so on the app. So one thing that I really, I really hate when a guy, it's called negging. N-E-G-G-I-N-G. Have you ever heard of that? No, but it sounds very controversial. Tell me. Please tell me. (laughs) So the definition of negging, let me put it in the Google machine. Remember, if it's Googleable, Google it, which most things (laughs) are. I put negging machine in the Google (laughs) machine. Negging. Okay. So negging is an act of an emotional manipulation whereby a person makes a deliberate backhanded compliment or otherwise flirtatious remark to another person to undermine their confidence and increase their need of the manipulator's approval. That's called being a teenager. (laughs) We neg and gave in to negging as teenagers. Basically, let me find. Okay, so it's a backhanded compliment usually said by a man to a woman to surprise and or annoy them um, and do kind of like a double take to prove prove their own value to the man. So essentially, uh, a backhanded comment. Is this like on the lines of being misogynistic? It can't. Yes, definitely. Negging examples, dating. Like they're trying to make you feel, what is the word? Submissive to them. Kind of. It's basically. All right. So the Urban Dictionary definition of negging is low grade insults meant to undermine the self-confidence of women. So she might be more vulnerable to your advances. This is something no decent guy would do. Duh. They say that the assholes get the girls, but I can spot negging a mile away and I reject these fuckers straight off. And then I guess these are examples. Uh, um, how to use it in a sentence. Okay, I'm not going to read all that shit. Anyways, so I had an experience with this on the dating apps. Me and this one guy matched. Um, and then he asked me some like obscure question about international trade. I remember this Remember story. this yes. guy? But little did he know, my major in college was international economics. And And we're about to call you doctor in a few months. So (laughs) about that. Anyways, go Um, ahead. And so I actually answered the question. I was like, oh, da, 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 da. And he's like, that sounds like such a economics university 101 answer. Did you just read that somewhere? And I was like, I actually fell victim to this because I 
I hate. It triggered you. It triggered me. I hate when people belittle Toxic my. Toxic people love to trigger you. Yeah, he belittled my intelligence. And I hate that when people underestimate my intelligence. Yeah. You know how smart I am. So then I fucking, I'm like, um, no, actually, international economics, like, I have a master's degree, like, go the fuck on somewhere, dude. I want to interject. Krista, no shit. One day, like, what, like, 10 years ago, nine years ago, when you first lived in Virginia Beach, Mm -hmm. I walked into an apartment, and she was, like, studying a history book, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, um, I decided to take up a class because I had so much time and I was bored. Um, what? (laughs) What? She knows so many random shit and it's like taught to her and studied. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. I actually do remember that day because I was sitting at my desk. I do remember that when you walked in. I do remember that day. But anyway, but yeah, so I super fell victim and I'm like, no, uh, excuse you. Uh, one, I'm a government contractor. Um, I majored in international economics. I have a fucking master's degree. Like, fuck you. And then, then he started being nice to me and he, but I'm, I didn't catch it then cause I had just moved to Virginia beach. So I didn't mm-hmm. know like what all these different restaurants were. And he's like, Oh, okay. You're cute and smart enough. I can take you to the hunt room or whatever. Oh, you're enough to him. Yeah. And he hasn't even met you. Yes! Hasn't even met you. Yes. And I'm like, this guy's not even that cute. I was like, how, what the fuck? Fuck. I didn't even, like, the Hunt Room is, like, at the Cavalier Hotel, which is, like, one of the more, it, it's, like, one of the oldest and, like, more. It's an historic building that they um, revamped a few years ago and reopened with, like. Like, fancy restaurant, right. bar, tavern yeah, type thing. Because back in the day, it was a very exclusive. Um, like a, what do you call those? A country club. Uh, like a country club? Essentially, okay. yeah. Okay, so something like a But now those, it's like, open to the public, and uh-huh. there's restaurants and beautiful hotel rooms. But the hunt room is like a, a loungy bar. Yeah. Under I think it's underground. Yeah, it's at the okay. it's on the it's on the bottom floor. I actually went a, a few weeks ago. But um, no, he yeah he said that he's like oh you're you're cute and smart enough I I can take you to the hunt room. But I didn't even know what the hunt room was. I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm like I don't even know where that is. But did tell him I was gonna meet him and then I just never responded when he was like when and where because I was so triggered by how what how what he said to me I when he was like, okay, when do you want to go to whatever? I, like, never answered back because I was so pissed. Like, I just I just ghosted uh, him. You, I know what you did. You wanted to put his hopes up and just be like, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, because he fucking made me feel shitty, and I was like, I'm going to make him feel shittier. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go meet. Just let me know when and where and what time. And then I just never responded ever again. Good, fuck that dude. Yeah, um, but he did respond to me, but I fuck that. I just, like, left him on red. I don't give a fuck. So that's like one of the things for me, but also I do think this is like a really good time uh, to talk about like, uh, you had mentioned toxic relationships. What about toxic work environment? Have you ever been in a toxic work environment? (laughs) I actually, yeah, I have. I mean, do you want to talk about it or give us like a general idea? You don't have to say what, when you work there, whatever, like maybe just like a general idea of the story. Okay. So I was working at this place and- this manager, he's really cool, like, besides the fact that he made these little comments as jokes about my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that indus- particular industry, like, you know, we talk a lot of shit, but there are things that you do and yeah. say according to, you know, today's social climate. Like, yeah. we don't do that. We don't, yeah. like, like I grew up using the R word for, um, for um, see, I don't, I feel even bad even mentioning this, but, like, 
when I was a kid, I used to use the word retarded a lot. Yeah, I actually I didn't w- know that word was not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know it's the no, same I, thing. But we, did, we, did, we were ignorant. I mean, no, we no I know. knew. But the thing is, you knew it was inappropriate. That's why you used it as an insult. But now oh, that... but now touche. that You so, just like blew my mind no, right there. Because, For real. No, That's right. Exactly. Everybody has... You, if you don't work on bettering yourself every day, you're the you're a toxic person. Yeah. Go great. Yeah. Or and acknowledge it. So you you you're using it with the intention of degrading someone. So you knew so from a young age yeah, that it was not yeah, an appropriate you know term to use. So when you realize that and you um enter the world and surround yourself with different people and you learn that everybody is a person, you could train yourself to, you know, not do that. And I believe that about racism too. Like I do, yeah. You could you could hold a hardly you, feel like you're you not could, wrong, if but learning, if you educate yourself, yeah, you educate yourself and it's okay to change your perspective. Yeah. Like that's fine. You know, you can b- become more tolerant. Yeah. I mean, to be safe, just hate all people on a level of <laughs> hating them equally. <laughs> just kidding. Spread love. <laughs> um, and then the toxic work environment. So to- do you want to, we never, he used to say things about your sexuality. And then did you ever address it with him? No, because it would always happen like out of earshot of someone. Like it would always happen between us, but he would make a joke. He wanted everybody to hear it, but he only said it to me. I get what you're saying. So, like, people are around, but they're not active in your yeah. conversation. And there are two instances that other employees heard it, and they're like, did he just? And I'm like, I know, it happens all the time. And they're like, well, you should report it if it makes you feel uncomfortable. So I reported reported it to the, the district manager who runs... The district? <laughs> like, he runs, like, three of the buildings in this area, uh-huh. and then the general manager of the building I worked at. Uh-huh. And they emailed back and forth, like, I've never heard of him doing this before. This is the first for me. Well, yeah, duh. Because people don't want to complain about something like right. that, you know? Like, because they don't think they're going to be taken seriously. I think that's, like, with all fucking issues when there's, like, in the work environment, like, sexual harassment in the workplace. Until that one person steps forward, mm-hmm. everyone else is going to be too scared to. That's mm-hmm. why people don't report shit. I mean, it's a common fucking thing. I honestly, for a second there, was like, I should have never reported it anyways. I should have just sucked it up because it was really good money for, like, working four hours, Mm -hmm. five hours a day, whatever, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, when you're, like, sleeping all day up until you go to your night shift. Yeah. That's... For me, that's depression. Like, I just wanted to sleep through this day because I didn't even want to go to work. I didn't want to wake up for work. It started mentally getting to me. So I did the, I reported it to these two people who are higher up in the company or whatever. And the general manager called me and was like, well, you say stuff too. You make jokes too. And I'm like, I do. And if any of them offended anybody, I am clearly sorry. But um, I never... So he deflect. They deflected. I've never commented on someone's sexuality like on who they were sleeping with my thing is here is that they deflected so like when they were talking to you about it they automatically the one of the first things they said was like you do it too that's deflecting Mm -hmm. that's not trying to solve the problem Mm -hmm. that's deflecting to another situation smoke and mirrors yes yes exactly which is a number one sign also um that's part of gaslighting too Mm -hmm. is the is the deflecting um so then what ended up happening? They wanted to have a meeting the next day. With you and yeah, the person? With all of us so we, so they could like see what was happening and all this stuff. 
But after that phone call, I was like, I don't want to work for these people if that's the way they think. That's yeah. their processing was that like, because coming, because I've worked in management in the same industry before. So like, I would have never handled it that way. Even if I didn't like the employee on a personal basis, I would still act professional. Like, yeah. hey, um, so we were made aware of this situation. How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, how can we rectify this in a comfortable manner? I would never point at fault. That's, you know, because that conversation is not for you to have because you weren't there, Mr. Manager, who was deflecting. I was doing air quotes, deflecting. <laughs> but yeah, so I was just like, I, you know, that's not worth my money. And Mr. Biggs was on this couch right here mm-hmm. as I was on speakerphone and he heard everything and he was just like, Mr. Biggs was not happy. Like he turned red, like beat red. He's like, do you want me to like leave a comment? I will never <laughs> spend money there again. Cause he used to be a regular, yeah. Like he used to go, they like carry a special wine just for him that he requested and mm-hmm. shit. And it'd be like open at the table for him as soon as he came in. Not no more. So Mr. Big, what did Mr. Big tell you to what, like, what was his view? What did he say after you got off the phone? He was angry. Like, um, yeah. he was like, pretty much his attitude was like, well, fuck them. Yeah. So then what did, what did you end up doing after that conversation? I looked at Mr. Biggs and I was like, I don't want to work there anymore. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do for income. And he just looked at me and said, you don't need to work there. Like, I got you during this time. Like, while you look for another source of income, I got you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, of course, you don't want your loved one in that type of environment, but, you know. Because you'd notice, like, a few, for a few weeks that I would come home and I'd be, like, very annoyed with life. Mm-hmm. And he's also, um, you said he was 22 years, your senior. How mm-hmm. old is he? T7. Oh, yeah. So he T8? has all that experience, too, in that similar type of environment. You know what I mean? So he can catch it, you mm-hmm. know, because you were like, damn, I shouldn't have even said anything. Like, fuck this, yeah. whatever. And you might have still worked there. Yeah. But Mr. Big, all of his experience, he was like, fuck them. Fuck that place. So mm-hmm. he obviously has had similar experience where he's like trying to tell you like, baby, this is a red fucking flag. You yeah. Know, kind of moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really good. This kind of reminds me too. Have you watched The Undoing on HBO? No, you mentioned that. I have no idea what it is. It's you need to give so me your HBO password. Good. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give it to you. Don't worry. I'll give it to you before I leave. But The Undoing is basically about gaslighting and like toxic type of relationship. But the crazy part is the lady, the actress, fuck, I'm, I can't think of her name. Uh, what's that white lady? Uh, not Uma Thurman. She was married to Tom Cruise. Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. She's in it. And she plays a psychologist in the movie. But she's the crazy one, right? No, no. she's not the crazy one. Would have been such a she, <laughs> she couldn't, throughout the whole series, it's not a movie, it's a TV show. Um, throughout the whole series, um, throughout the whole series, she she didn't identify the toxic red flags and the gaslighting that was happening to her, to herself and to her people or her family, because essentially the basis of the movie is a very young, beautiful young woman dies. Mm-hmm. Um, she is murdered. They are looking for her murderer. It's always someone who's close to that person. Exactly. Right. So. The whole movie, she is, since she's a psychiatrist, you know, whatever, she thinks she knows what's going on and because she can, like, unpack all these people's reactions and emotions, but she missed the biggest red flag in her face until one day she was like, fuck me. Like, How duh, did I not right? see this? But it's like, because she didn't want to see it. Exactly. Oh, my God. Because What is it? The rose-colored lenses were on. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but she, yeah, she just didn't want to see it for a specific reason. If I say why she didn't want to see it, then you can kind of guess who the murderer is. Right. Which I want to say I knew who the murderer was in the very first episode. I called it just like that because I seen the That's how that I was with did. Gossip Girl. I was like, I know who Gossip Girl is. Very first episode. Fucking waited six years and was right. <laughs> <laughs> but the TV on the TV show, yeah, I did the same thing because I recognized the toxic, the gas, the gaslighting and red flags in the movie mm-hmm. or in the TV show. And I was like, that's the killer. I already fucking know. Like, and then every time, like, you know, it's, they always do like a switch and bait or is that what it's called? Switch and bait type of thing. Like where they make you think one way and oh, then yeah. it's actually the other way. And they do that multiple times throughout the series. But literally the whole time I'm like, no, it's not this person. No, it's not this person. Like, it's the this other person. Like, I'm, you know, and I was fucking right. Because uh, I peeped them. I peeped those flags. Right. But that reminds me, too, about the gaslighting and maybe why Nicole Kidman, I don't know if why she didn't see it at first, you know. But I think I wanted to go into gaslighting based off that. So. The, it's usually a very charming person from the outside that does it. Yes. Yes. Like my last relationship or my prior relationship. Gaslighting was his specialty. Yeah, and then I have some examples here because um, I, I did some a little bit of research for the gaslighting when we were planning for this episode, and it's basically um, they recenter themselves as the victim is one thing that they'll do. So just like a narcissist. So yep. So they deflect. So mm-hmm. just like uh, how your old work was like, I've never seen him do that before. I've never heard of it. And then so they're recentering themselves as the victim. Like I like he would never do that. Mm-hmm. type of thing like so that's a, an example like when the person gaslighting you is like if you call them out they would be like i would never do that you're assuming this blah 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 like yeah. shit like that that's an example they want to paint a picture so essentially it's how they want you to see the situation they kind of like racist towards black america yeah exactly so they paint this they want you to see the situation a certain way like oh i wasn't doing that i was doing xyz Mm-hmm. So they're trying to paint a picture in front of you. Um, they dismiss it like that didn't happen. So the mm-hmm. deflecting that I was or is not as bad as you think it yeah, is. Yeah, or like, oh, you're being sensitive. You're be- oh my god. I mean, I know I'm sensitive as a person, <laughs> but like, I come to you to find yeah. like, am I really? I mean, I know I was on medication in the past, but am I still crazy? <laughs> and she was like, no, what you're feeling is justified. Like that happened, and that's how you feel. That's what your gut says. That's what she's known for is telling, listen to your guy, listen to your guy. No, I firmly believe it. Like your first instinctual feeling, take into account the facts. But if you're still like, fuck, what do I do? Whatever your first instinct is, that's the route you should go. That's what I did with my ex-husband. Which was like the best thing that you did for you and your daughter. Yeah. So I literally, my first instinct when everything was happening, I was like, I need to divorce him. I need to leave him. Everything that happened after you know, it was acknowledged, made me second guess myself. And then I was like, fuck, do I not leave him? Do I leave him? What about my daughter? You know, I was like, and then I'm going to cry here. Um, The perspective I had was if my daughter was in the same situation I am, what would I want her to do? And my answer was I'd want her to leave that motherfucker. So then essentially that's what I did. So I think now is probably a good time to take a little break and hear from our sponsor, Anchor. 
So then essentially that's what I did. See, that's the benefit of being first generation American because Filipino culture, divorce is really not a thing. Yeah, well, it's Catholicism. You, yeah. you don't get divorced. You have to get an annulment, which is like a whole process. Yeah, but like I'm saying like even like our mom's mm-hmm. mentality, even if they were super unhappy, they would stay in that marriage. Like Yeah, for the kids that, and like exactly. for um, the stability of whatever's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, I totally agree. But you've always been independent. So like stability you provided for myself yeah. and your husband. Yeah. Like. Just be honest. <laughs> Ex-husband. Um, no, that's true, Ex-husband. Though. That's what made me realize, like, oh, my God, duh. I just want to be like, there's no dick that good for you to feel emotionally, I don't want to say damaged, disturbed at yeah. that time, I guess. No, that makes but, good. But, 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 I mean, this is what this episode's about, is, yeah. like, it's like, recognizing, recognizing it. Yeah. Like, just oh, like, shit, we said yeah. it the same fucking time. We're Twin <laughs> But yeah, so that's what made me realize that. Okay, so yeah, so when you come to that tipping point where you're like, this is happening to me, but then you're not sure what's going on and you're like, don't know what to do. Whatever your first gut instinct is, is the one I feel that's like your true north is your gut instinct Mm -hmm. after you've taken the facts. If you're still not sure, that's the gut instinct. Um, Okay, so other gaslighting examples, they discredit something so like um oh the person that said that is xyz mm-hmm. you know and that could be a positive or negative like um type of situation it just depends on the context and then another gaslighting example is threatening but that's pretty much fucking self-explanatory right um, but we were talking about this earlier the different remember when you we were walking daisy the different levels of gaslighting mm-hmm. because i was so curious i was like why do people gaslight like that makes no sense to me and i was reading that there's actually four levels of gaslighting mm-hmm. no i think you're you're going right on to what i was about to say no say it um it's all about like a lot of things that happen mentally and the way you behave is really because of the environment you grew up in exactly that's what um the article i was reading was saying that gaslighting isn't you don't automatically know how to gaslight like it's Mm -hmm. a learned behavior like you don't even know you're doing it it's just part of who you are yeah exactly because of the environment you were in for whatever Mm -hmm. reason for how long blah 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 so there's four levels of gaslighting so the first one is unconscious gaslighting so that's when the people that are gaslighting you they're fucking basically oblivious they're even doing that and they essentially they're not they're unaware and they're almost living in a parallel universe Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but definitely in the article that i was reading gaslighting is a learned behavior and the person has either seen it somewhere in their lives Mm -hmm. or they were a victim and then that's how they cope kind of or like it's their norm it's their norm exactly Then the second one is, it was titled, Awareness Something is Off. So I wasn't really sure what this meant. And in the following part of the article, it basically talked about word bombing, like trying to explain themselves, but still not seeing from your perspective. This is called lying. (laughs) That's what it is. And and justifying their actions. (laughs) Right. Why that happened. But that's, isn't that what your ex-husband did to you when you caught him in the act? Yes. Like, yeah, like, what are you, why are you home? Like, what the fuck? This is my house. Right. Jesus, fuck. I've actually never talked about what happened proceeding up to my divorce. Oh, I'm sorry. It's totally fine. You caught me off guard. It's okay. I'm so sorry. Well, I'll leave that little tidbit in right. there. You know? That might be another episode for another time. <laughs> you never know. Um, But yeah, so they, they're they aware.
where something is off and they word bomb to justify their action. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of an example. I guess this is if you even acknowledge it. Essentially, the word bombing, it's also like love bombing. Like, you know, in those toxic uh, relationships, love bombing and word Mm -hmm. bombing. So like you acknowledge what's the situation in a statement. You may be accusatory, but you're identifying the gaslighting and you call the person out on it. Mm -hmm. Is this the one that where like they try to alter your reality? Yeah, kind of. So they're trying to, they speak to you. But like, no, I, this X, Y, Z happened. I wasn't doing that. This is what I was doing. But essentially it's the same Like the Patriots at the Capitol. Like, we're not terrorists. We're no. Patriots. You're not patriot. You could keep telling yourselves that, but you're not. So here's a good example. So if you ask a question or want an explanation on something or call someone out and you send a text and you send a short, concise text and they respond with either like a super long paragraph or mm-hmm. multiple texts, that would be an example of word bombing. Like they're just like throwing all these words at you. Right. And are trying to basically justify their actions. Right. And they're trying to like fill in everything. So you have no space mentally for anything else. Exactly. And then that's when you're second guessing yourself. But it's like that guttural instinct. Like the same, right? Yeah, exactly. And then there's two more. So there's unconscious awareness. Something is off. And then there's intentional which is more of a power struggle of gaslighting, the power struggle of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And they essentially just want to win. They don't care what your feelings are. They just want to win that, co- win that power struggle. Can people be on this on a spectrum? I think so. Because I feel like I do this to Mr. Big sometimes. I- <laughs> <laughs> Not in a toxic way, but for my own entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like, I wonder what but I could he- get away with today. But he... Um, that dynamic in your relationship, he understands that it's like a joke, right? He doesn't. Oh yeah, he's he, not, he totally does it back. He plays. With yeah, the, like, like that's like how you guys like banter, kind yeah. of. It's like a flirtatious thing, and like since both that's your guys's relationship dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny for you guys, and that's for you. Like maybe if someone else heard it, they'd be like, "Oh my god, what are they do? What are they saying to each other?" But like, I mean, if that's your guys' right. banter, not, that's your guys' yeah, banter. I'm like, not to make light of these situations, yeah. but like, let me give you an example. In the morning, he's a morning person. He gets up, and blah blah blah. Sometimes I wake up because he's getting ready, and while he's out of the room, I'll get him on my phone, and then I'll walk into the room, and I will clearly throw my phone across the bed, and lay face down, and just lay there, and he's like, "I know you're awake." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> said, yeah, that's yeah. not really, I don't think that's good. Like, you guys are playing, you know, or whatever. Like, you're not trying to, there's not a power struggle there. Like, that's just you, like, playing around. That's me saying, I am awake, but not awake to talk at the moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not a malicious type act, which is actually the next level. It's uh, malicious gaslighting. It's when the person, you know, this is very extreme. And I've actually met people like this. And it is insane. Um, like, lies, manipulation, wearing the person gaslighted down. Their words don't match your ac- their actions. They're projecting, <sighs> projecting. And they weaponize their words to confuse you i've met people like this before oh my it, God. it is my previous the wildest, relationship it is the wildest experience if you don't catch it it will fuck you up yeah i like, didn't catch it for several months and it fucks me up but did you ever have a guttural thing like uh i don't know about this like did you ever question yourself like through that process See, the, per- like, the person you- i am in a relationship i'm always open with my partner mm-hmm. so when i felt like that i would talk to him about it mm-hmm. and 
the gaslighting would happen and I wouldn't catch it. And so one, the last time we were in Rocky in a relationship, because you know, toxic relationships, yeah, it's there's up all, and down. It's, up and it's down. a roller, it's a roller coaster. coaster. And us unbeknown to what's going on, we don't want to get off the coaster. It's so much fun. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's that, um, fluctuation. Yeah. I think it has something to do with like your adrenaline and shit. Yeah, exactly. We're not doctors. Well, one of us is going to be, but (laughs) that's besides the point. But like, you know, I, I just, I started going to friends about it. Like friends that never really had opinions about him. Mm -hmm. Cause I never met him because you're blessed. (laughs) (laughs) But like I started talking about this in one of my girlfriend's group texts. And one of the other girls went off and side texted me and she was like, this seems very gaslighty. And I'm like, you know, like I've heard. Oh, oh, oh so you were in a group chat and that friend, right. like not secretly texted you, but took you to the side. Had a conversation with me. Like this is what's going on. Like this, she was like pointing out like, this doesn't seem right. This is why you're complaining about it. This is why you feel negative and need to talk about it with us because it's not right to feel this way and it's not your fault. It's mm-hmm. happening because you're putting up with this person's behavior. How did that thinking, make you feel? Thinking you were going to get love out of it. When she acknowledged that to you, how did that, like, what was going through your mind? At this point in the relationship, that's when, like, things were starting to fizzle out for me. But, mm-hmm. like, I was holding on because, like, I was holding on to the future of, like, what we were supposed to have, yeah. what we spoke about, what like, we were... the potential of what yeah, could be. That's never what... work, never given to potential. Yeah, that happened to me, my ex-husband, I was, I think, in love with the potential of what it could be, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's too part of that toxicity, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. So um, she said all these things to you via text, like, this is gaslighting. This is why you're upset about Mm. it. This is why you talk to us about Mm -hmm. it. Like, this is textbook case. This is exactly what's happening to you. Right. And then what happened? I was still a dumb bitch. <laughs> like we are sometimes. <laughs> it's funny. And, uh, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's just <laughs> Shane's fate. Like it's that, I don't mean to laugh, but me and Shane have this relationship where he knows I'm not laughing at him. <laughs> no, because we, because we've all done this at one point in yeah, time. Yeah, no, very true. Gay, we've all straight, been the man, dumb woman. Bitch. You we've always, all been the dumb you've bitch. been a dumb bitch for someone. Yeah, we've all been that stupid fucking bitch. You know, I was trying to, you know, like, I don't know. I was in a different place during that time in my life. I just learned a lot and what I put up with and what I do not put up with. And I forgot what we were talking about. Um, You were talking about your Oh, ex. what happened? Yeah. What, what happened, happened after? After she told you. After she told oh, you. Oh, so like, I was, I guess I took that information of what was shared with me on someone else's perception from the outside in. And I probably put that like in a back burner in my mind mm-hmm. and it was like, well, what if this could happen? Yeah. I'll like, get, oh, he'll change. I'll get the old him back. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like the, they're just stressed. Right. This is happening. Yeah. X, Y, Z is happening. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's really stressful when you have to like, you know, work all those hours and also hide an entire different relationship. From the public. Yeah, true. Touche. Yeah, that like, could, that could that, definitely... That's very that stressful. Could, that, you, that, I would be stressed <laughs> out if I had to do that too. Very stressed out. So what do you do if you're being gaslighted? Um, what did you do? So you're being gaslighted. What happened? Did you... So you said you were being a stupid fucking bitch for a while. Mm-hmm. Then how did you end up severing that tie? I got into savage bitch mode then. Ooh. I was like, if you're going to hurt me... I'm going to hurt you even more because I thought you loved me and this is not what you do to people that you continue to say you love up until this point. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, that's the thing that really hurt once I got out of that bubble mm-hmm. and started digesting and diagramming and 
dissecting all the D's. <laughs> so inappropriate. But like I started looking at myself from other people's perspectives and be like, what would I say to these people if they came with me to advice? And this is about self-care too. I started taking my own advice. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like this Your hurts. Your gut instinct. Right. Because when you're in a relationship and you have high hopes for like the future, you kind of forget who you were prior to that relationship. You feel like you have evolved into mm-hmm. this person that's not just you anymore. And you feel like you're doing an exchange. Yeah. Like you're and, compromising, but in really right. it's only one-sided. And like I yeah. said, like in my 20s, I wasn't really dating. So I wasn't getting experience and knowledge on like what do I need to put up with or not put up with for a serious long-term, hopefully everlasting relationship. So I went old school Filipino, you know, like. Yeah, well, that's what you know. That's in what my you head, learned. That's how we grew up. In my head, I was like, I heard horror stories about my parents' relationship when it first happened. Like when they were first together the first couple of years up until they had me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think it's all and all marriages have their ups and downs. No, but that's what you hope, because while what happened with any parents or anything like that, while it may not have been necessarily toxic, like they stuck it out. Right. There's always struggles in a relationship that yeah. come up. Like yeah. for Mr. Biggs, like this is why I'm so grateful for him. When the government shut down, not the government shut down, but when quarantine happened, Last March, he was still working at the time, and he, again, financially supported me during those, during, what was that, like a month-long shutdown? Mm-hmm. Like, where we couldn't go anywhere. I, I lost my job. Yeah, I like, think it was more than a month, honestly. It was, it was, no, oh, it, it was like for three months. It was three shit. months, yeah. Because it happened up until like July. Yeah. I'm thankful for him because like, I don't, I don't see red flags. <laughs> no, but um, I make it very abruptly to him when I feel or see red flags. I am upfront and we talk about it. He, does he, he acknowledges. Is he acknowledges my feelings and he puts himself in my shoes. But when like, when you get down to it or when that quarantine shutdown happened, like I never felt like I need to exchange something for him with him for him to have my back like that you know what I mean like yeah in a toxic relationship a person's gonna make you not at the time make you feel like you owe them but they will turn around and throw that shit right back in your face yes without even thinking twice yep like exactly and I was getting a lot of that through friendships that I've you know started thinking about now that I don't live in Virginia Beach Mm -hmm. like I have a lot of time to like think about myself as selfish and self-centered as that sounds I need I needed to get away for a while I needed to that's self-care Reflecting, getting away, reflecting on a situation or life or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and then realizing what's going on, you're like, fuck, you know? So, but I'm sorry. So you you had to get away from Virginia Beach to reflect, even though, and you thought it was self-censored. It's not not like why I moved out to Suffolk was to get away. It was, I I was in a relationship and I wanted, we both wanted to grow into something more. So I moved out here with him and I have no friends out here. Don't feel sorry for me. Whatsoever, I enjoy my alone time. Trust me. <laughs> but um, you know, you get to you start shedding away the noise that you never knew was noise when you were in when you were home when mm-hmm. I was home. So as these layers peeled off, I started discovering new things about me and things that were important to me were setting boundaries with all people across the board. Because mm-hmm. sometimes with these people that gaslight and that say and do these things to you, they could be your very best friends. Yeah. Not that you're one of them, but like, you know, they could be really close friends. Yeah. No, no. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they are 
bad people because a lot of the times they don't know that they're doing this yeah, to people. Exactly. We were just they like, only yeah. see the reaction they get from people. Like that's mm-hmm. all they see. Yeah. And when you're able to step away and figure those people out, like I said, I'm a dumb bitch. I like to keep people in my lives for no good reason. No, there's good reason. We have good memories and we keep making good memories. But like I adjust the way I process the way that they are to me because you, I have the power. Yeah. You have the power. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to like cut these people off. Maybe you need to spend a little less time with them or do different activities with them. I guess you're saying. You know what that I mean? That makes like, sense. Yeah. Change the dynamic. And if it doesn't work after that, then maybe you should cut them off. But, you know, like you always have the power. Like you could manipulate the situation as much as they can. Yeah. Because I've cut people off before. I've cut off people that were like the malicious type of gaslighters. Mm-hmm. Like no qualms. But like when it comes to the people that they don't know they're gaslighting, even though you guys have talked about it, I feel the like stepping away is the best scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to disrupt that relationship, but you don't necessarily have to have them at the dinner table. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Every night. Exactly. So you essentially, even with that relationship and the work relationship, you cut those off. Those, I feel, were a little bit more malicious. Well, the ex definitely definitely was malicious. The work, do you feel like it it was not unconscious, but like they were aware of it? But like... This is where I get kind of political in a sense. uh Uh-huh. The manager was a straight white male. Like... Okay, so his experiences are extremely different. He gets away with shit. Like, a queer man of color. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your life experiences are totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Like, he grew up around this area, which, you know, us being outsiders in a sense, like, see it as the Bible Belt. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of conservative thinking here, which is like, I'm not against all of it. Like, I'm just against the conservative thinkers that want to. Anyways, like, this is off topic. Let me (laughs) get back to where it was. But yeah, essentially, I had to cut it off because I recognize in myself that I'm not living my best life by allowing these people to continue to be in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Regardless if they did this intentionally or not, they still did it. And I brought it up to their attention. And they never acknowledged it. And they never acknowledged my side of the experience. Yes. No, that's true, because there'll be two experiences, and then there'll be, there'll be like, the facts. Like, I, what is that saying? Like, there's always three sides to the truth. It was like your her side, side, their side, your side, and the truth. Yeah, exactly. Like so that. it'll yeah. be, like, your per, like we're in the same situation. Your perspective, like, we're both here podcasting. We're recording. Are we? We're <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> my, I have my perspective of what's going on, and you have your perspective of what's going on. But the fact is that we are recording. So right. your emotions are going to be different than my emotions because, like, I'm not, I'm not like a pro, but like I've done this a few times. But like you said earlier, this is my first time in front of a mic. I don't know what the fuck. Right. You know. So if this were a ty- different type of situation, um, like I would acknowledge your situation now. Like you're not sure, so I'm going to like kind of guide you, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like annoyed. Because I understand that emotion. This is a teaching moment. This is a teaching moment. But like in the toxic type of relationships, when that person is like talking about their perspective and you're like, I didn't do that. Like you're not acknowledging that. Yeah. So if you could acknowledge the fact that like a teaching moment in the positive situation, why can't you do that now in this negative situation that we're having? And you see how like when you were playing the role of the quote unquote toxic person, it was aggressive. Yeah. That's called a red flag, ladies. If they get aggressive... Or when men. You, ladies yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. I'm just assuming a lot of the audience is ladies. But there are men out there, because I listen to this podcast all the goddamn time. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. I'll just sit in there, like... I, I'll sit there with my phone, like, cleaning and shit, talking to the podcast. 
acting like I'm part of it. And then I love it. That's then the she, feeling I want. And then, and then I want. she like, put, we're here. What, like you're here with me. Then she puts the mic in front of my face. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? No. Uh, but no, definitely. Um, so you cut him off. You've acknowledged the gaslighting. I've acknowledged the gaslighting before too. Like, uh, hello, you're gaslighting me, mm-hmm. you know? And then, but the, I actually was reading that this is actually the worst thing you can do to a person that is gaslighting what you. What is that? I'm going to do it all the time. That you um, tell them, you call them out. Like, you're gaslighting me. Like, when you call them out, that's the worst thing you can do. Far as, it was talking about being at the worst thing you can do, because that's how um, you're essentially challenging the other person in this You're showing them that you're recognizing struggle. exactly what they're doing. And then, God, you know what? Actually, the most toxic thing, toxic advice I ever got, and surprisingly, it was from my ex-husband, and he's like, if you ever... Because he was gaslighting you, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> and the worst thing you could do, or uh, the best thing you can do if someone like calls you out on a lie, you just keep denying. You cheated on me. Or like, you... Whatever. And you can be like, I never did that. You just keep saying you never did that. Like, legitimately, you deny until the day you die. That is legit. Those were his words that came out of his mouth. Deny until you die in a situation like that. And that's the ultimate toxic thing. Mm-hmm. Cause that he's telling, You're, he's telling, he's projecting. Yeah. He's telling on himself. That's what he was going to do to you. Exactly. And that's probably what he did to you. That is, yeah, exactly. So on top of those red flags, toxic people will do exactly that. They will tell on themselves. All right. So yeah, no, so definitely like, I think, Depending on the situation and the context of what's going on, the calling it out may or may not be the best way to go. So if it's not the best way to go, then essentially it's just like the backing of a way slowly from the relationship. Ghosting them. <laughs> Don't do it slowly. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Um, so recovering from toxic relationships, you said that when you broke up with this ex that you took a break basically for a couple of years. So did you plan that? Were you like, I need time to myself? Like, what did you do after it ended and you got rid of it? It's not an issue anymore. How did you basically recover? Okay, so different parts of the recovering is um, stepping away, of course. It's kind of like the steps of grieving. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because this was like, when it comes to relationship, this was your normal for a while and it made you an entirely different person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you have gone through this experience, you actually yourself will pick up these toxic traits yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's learned. It's learned behavior. You know, I was very... um, aggressive with some really good friends like when we would get into disagreements and I've never been that way before yeah same not sober anyways but (laughs) drunk fights just you know create bonds (laughs) but when I was having these conversations and I was reacting this way, like, you know, in your head, this is how you had a, um, self-preservation basically. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's how you survive. That's how you survive. And I think that's where this learned behavior comes from when this is how people actually survival mode. That's survival mode. That's just how they survive. And you know, you almost then feel sorry for these people. Like you cut off the relationship, but then like when you realize that, like I'm thinking about toxic relationships, they just need help. Like I, like you can't, give in but you're like you almost feel sorry for how how they got there how they got there and you're like you can't help them but you feel sorry for them when you realize that and that's um and actually a, a courageous way of seeing it is especially if these 
people who happen to have like substance abuse issues is mm-hmm. to step away. Do not feed into enable. Don't enable. Enable. It, right. Know? The best thing you can do is step away. But that's another episode on how to handle life. I guess addiction from us being experts. <laughs> We're not well, I experts. Mean, all this stuff is anecdotal, and these are based on like yeah. our real experiences. Right. Like they're valid experiences, and many people around the world have. Right. You know. So, but um, what I did after the relationship was how do I return to the person that he victimized? Like what made me such a good candidate for me to be in his life, for him to suck all this energy? Why did he choose me? Mm-hmm. And it was because I had my shit together. Like, yeah, I, at that point, I think I was lifting weights for like three years. I and, remember you were, you were looking good. And my physique was like, remember, you were supposed to move to Hawaii with yeah. me. <laughs> and then like a dumb bitch, I stayed in this relationship. But, you know, you experience, learn, and grow. Yeah. All these bad experiences don't have to be such a negative thing to better yourself. Mm -hmm. But what was I saying? Uh, Shoot. Shit, hold on. All right. So this is a perfect time to interject and conclude part one of episode 10. I do feel that the most important takeaway from part one is identifying toxic situations, red flags, and gaslighting. Um, go to your support system, talk to people you trust, get an outside perspective, because if anyone is going to tell you the truth, it'll be your homies. Uh, This episode was a little deep, but next Monday on part two, Shane and I go over what we have done as part of a recovery process in these types of toxic situations, how we self-care, and then we lighten it up with some fun stories about each other. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever listening platform that you listen to the Good Milf podcast on. Follow me on Instagram at at insta.krista and then the Good Milf podcast at the Good Milf. See you next Monday, fuckers.